Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Folks, how's it going? WrestleRant Radio here today. Hopefully this podcast catches you in a good place. I am your host with the most, Graham G.S. The Matthews, for May 12, 2015. And that is right, I did say the word podcast, because WrestleRant Radio will be in podcast form for the next three to four months for the summer season, as I am away from college. Wrapped up my sophomore year at college this past weekend. So it's been a pretty busy weekend. Left on Friday. I went to a wrestling show on Saturday. New England Championship Wrestling in Beverly, Massachusetts. Only right down the street from Endicott College. And then on Saturday night, we went to that show. Had a great time there. And I'll be getting back to that in a second. Mother's Day on Sunday. Unpacking yesterday. So a pretty busy last couple of days. But nevertheless, WrestleRant Radio is back for the summer. Only on NextAirWrestling.net. Of course, you know, during the school season, the show would be up. At uh, 9 o'clock live on live365.com backslash ECTV73 stations backslash ECTV73. I can't even get it in, in retrospect. I can't even get it right. Uh, but yeah, no no live editions for the summer season, only in podcast form, which means on the plus, uh, you know, the, the bad is that it won't be live. The good is that the show could be up at any point on Tuesday. You don't have to wait until Tuesday night until 11 o'clock to get it on the archive. Um, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, so this show could very well be up by the evening evening by 4 or 5 o'clock, right after you get home from work or school or whatever, you can catch the show, so you don't have to wait until 11 o'clock, so that is the plus side of it being in podcast form for the summer, and this is going to last, like I said before, until like around Labor Day, so we got three or four months, but a big show here today, kind of kicking off the summer with a grand old show here today on WrestleRant Radio. Um, kicking off the show, we will have a, an exclusive interview with the new New England Championship Wrestling Champion, uh, Slick Wagner Brown, winning the belt this past Saturday night at the Iron 8 Tournament. I was there in attendance, my first NECW show since October, my first NECW show in the Cove Community Center in Beverly, and about a year since last year's Iron 8 Tournament show. And a fantastic show. If you weren't there, you missed one hell of a show. It should hopefully be on DVD at some point. But as I mentioned before, um, Slick Wagner Brown winning back the belt for the first time in a year. Um, Slick Wagner Brown, we've had him here on the show before. SWB, he's back on the show here today to talk all about his recovery, the title win, the rematch next month. A lot of cool stuff we're going to be sitting down and talking to SWB about at the start of the show. Right after that, I'll be giving my brief thoughts on Raw from last night, my thoughts on the Tough Enough cast, the announcement of the new coaches and trainers, that was announced last week. I'll be giving my two cents on that. Also, the return of the Elimination Chamber on May 31st, which is pretty exciting. And two new matches that were confirmed for the show in a couple weeks. I'll be talking all about that. And stay tuned until the end of the show for my Payback Prediction Panel with RJ joining me over the phone. We're talking all about Payback, who he thinks will win in the Fatal 4-Way match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and the I Quit match for the United States Championship, and everything else on the card. So we got a stacked show here today. But as I mentioned before, only at NextEraWrestling.net can you catch WrestleRant Radio every single Tuesday. And WrestleRant Radio kicking off here today with my exclusive interview with the new NECW champion, Slick Wagner Brown. I just want to say, first and foremost, congrats on the big title win. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, that being said, Saturday night you went back your first NECW championship in about a year since your since your injury about a year ago. Um, of course, my first question for you, how did that? what, what did that mean to you, that, that championship went from Saturday night after coming back from such a huge recovery? It means everything, man. I mean, all the, the surgery, the rehab, uh, lifting to get, uh, you know, all that was worth it. All the sacrifices that, that that was made from the injury up to that point was all paid off, was all worth it. Mm-hmm. And of course, what was the recovery process like coming back from that injury? What was your injury exactly that you suffered from that kept you out of the ring for so long? The ruptured patella tendon. Uh, so the tendon on my patella the bone so um, it made it impossible for me to like extend my leg and even put weight on it mm-hmm. so 
to rebuild that muscle and everything else uh, took forever. Uh, three months after surgery, I was totally incapacitated. I had a brace on and, and um, crutches. And then after that, it was all rehab for like nine months. So it was, it was rough, man. It was a rough road back, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, sitting on the sidelines for that long, what does that do to your mentality? Well, at first, it's, 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 it's crazy, man, because you think that you won't be able to come back and you won't be able to do anything because, you know, my leg was totally useless at that point, you know what I mean? And um, I've never had a major injury like that before. Of course, being an athlete, we're, we're used to working hurt, you know. Um, the only time you're 100% is your rookie year when you first start, when you're fresh, but after that, you're always working hurt. But this is the first time I've ever uh, been out of the ring for an extended period of time with an injury where I couldn't perform. And, you know, it was tough. And it it, it, um, it makes you appreciate, you know, appreciate things because just like in the snap of a finger, you know, wrestling was taken away and I couldn't do it. And it was like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I was doing it, I spent a lot of time thinking about the next level, always thinking about the next level. And then you get hurt and it puts things into perspective. And you just appreciate where you are and what you're doing. You focus on that instead of thinking about other things, you know what I mean? And coming back from that, I mean, it was that last year at the Iron A tournament that you had to relinquish against your will the NECW championship, do that injury in that same night, Brad Hollister winning the Iron A tournament, as well as the NECW championship, reigning as a champion for the past year. And then, of course, on Saturday night, you beating Brad Hollister in a dream match to win your third NECW championship. Did it mean more than the first two due to the fact that you had to recover for so long and coming back and winning that championship after having to relinquish it about a year ago? Yeah, the first time is, is, is always special, but mm-hmm. I think like each time you do it, 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 it's, it gets better or even the same because you go through different adversities to get back there, you know what I mean? Uh, being a champion means you're the face of the company. It means the company has faith in you to, to uh, produce results, uh, whether it's you know getting fans or, or putting on uh, solid matches or just having that interest from different avenues, you know what I mean? And uh, it, it's just a good feeling to know that you know that the company believes in you, and that you have you have the ability to deliver. And uh, you know that's what it means to be champion. And it was great, man, because this is the most adversity I've faced in my career. I've never been hurt to the point where I couldn't compete, and to recover for be out for a year. That's a long road back, and to come back right into the main event mix and win means everything. And of course, the match itself, a lot of people raving about it. It was a great match, what NECW is billing as a dream match going into the event. And you know what? Some people call what a great match. The performers themselves don't feel like it lived up to expectations, their standards. Do you feel like the match went the way that you planned it to? What were your thoughts on the match, you know, as a, from a performer's standpoint? Uh, you talking about my title match? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, thought it, I thought it delivered, man. I, I thought it was good. I think the fans were into it. Um, I always think that, you know, there's room for improvement, but I thought the match was great. I think the fans, the fans were into it. They're into the end of the match, especially. And I thought it was good. It was the first time me and Hollis was ever mixed up in the singles, um, aspect. And I think, period, I don't think we've ever been in the ring together before. So mm-hmm. based on that alone, you know, there's, there's always that adjusting that you got to do when you face different opponents. And I, I think, um, you know, I think it's it good because I, I didn't know really what to expect from him and he didn't know what to expect from me other than watching, you know, matches of each other from previously. But, you know, that's not always an indicator of what, what's going to happen. I mean, it's a good place to, to start and do homework, but uh, you, you never know what to expect until you're in there with the guy. And, and you know, I, I thought it was good. I thought, you know, Brad brought, brought, brought it and I thought I brought it and the fans were happy and that's what matters. And of course, being out for a year, does that do anything when you're coming back? To, is there any plans or did you have any mindset to change up your in-ring game, your mentality, your attitude, anything like that coming back after a year-long injury? Uh, I mean, uh, my main thing was, was I going to be able to perform at the same level that I was before I got hurt? Mm-hmm. And I think that I've done that, you know, um, like I said, I've never been in this situation before, so this is all a learning experience for me. And um, I've learned a lot about my body and what what I can handle and what I can do. And I don't think I don't think 
anything has changed from before I was hurt to post surgery. I think I'm, I'm performing at the same level. Uh, before that, uh, my game has, has been changed because I'm a bigger guy and I used to do a lot more flying things and I don't anymore. Um, that doesn't mean I can't, I just like do it on special events, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But just all the time. So like if, if I have a big event, like a birthday bash or something like that, yeah, I'm going to do a little, a, little, a little extra, you know what I mean? Versus doing that all the time, all year round. Exactly. Like saving it for the special occasions, the big time matches and things along those lines. Right. I mean, it's also good. It's good for you, your body, and just your health and your quality of life, and just long term thinking, long term. And it's good for the fans because you know, when a guy goes on and does everything, every match, what do you do for the big matches? Do you just mm -hmm. do more of the same? You know, it's it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? So uh, it gives the fans something extra to look forward to as well. Exactly. It's a win-win. It's better on your body. It's better for all the fans that don't get to see it all the time. So you save it for those special moments. It makes sense. So that being said, too, going forward, now that you've won back the NECW championship, uh, what are your goals, you know, your future aspirations? You've won back the gold. Is there any more goals that you wish, uh, you wish to achieve going forward? Um, I mean, I just, I just want to hold on to the title. I want to defend it against the best talent available. Um, I, want, I want guys to you know, both inside NHCW and outside NHCW to come in and challenge for the belt. I want to face the top guys in, in wrestling, not just in NHCW. And, you know, I think it was a good, good way to test my skills against those guys and also show, show the fans, you know, what what I can, what I have to offer. And also just, you know, it'd be good for the fans as well because they get to see new faces and, you know, uh, matches where they don't really know who the winner could be. And that makes things even more exciting and more interesting. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And I've never been an INA myself. I enjoyed both tournaments this year, last year. Um, I saw both of them, you know, up close. I watched both events. And you know, I'd like to do that too in the future. It's a good good test for anyone. You know, you do a singles match in a 45-minute uh, four-way. So that's, that's uh, you know, that's challenging. Oh, absolutely. The 45-minute Ironman match. It was a great match this past Saturday, last year as well, as you mentioned. So you got next year, so that's something to build towards for the next 365 days. So hopefully we get to see you in one of those matches down the line. But as you mentioned, holding on to the gold, the mentality going from the hunter to the hunted. And, and, you know, it's arguably, you know, much more difficult to defend the championship than it is to win that title. Because now you have to defend it against all comers. But your first challenge comes against the former champion, Brad Hollister, in a much-anticipated rematch next month at the Brockton Fair. So the rematch, number two, SWB versus Brad Hollister. Um, has, is your game plan going to be changing at all going into that match, knowing that you now have to defend that championship instead of winning it? No, my game plan doesn't change. It's always the same. It's, uh, my game plan is always to win. So whether I'm champion or challenger, I'm always in there to win. I'm always in there to uh, give the fans, you know, their money's worth. I want I want people to to feel like you know uh, they made a good decision when they come to an ECW event. And you know, being the face of the company, that, that's that's my goal. And just me as a person, an individual, I'm always looking to you know do my best and uh, always get people their money's worth because you know I, I was I, I was a fan I'm a fan I still am and I remember going to the Boston Garden and just you know I know what it feels like to be a fan and wanting sending your money and wanting to feel like you got your money's worth and even better getting more than your money's worth you know when people walk away from a, uh, an event and they go just that one match alone was worth the 20 bucks that I spent Exactly, and like I said before, the match that you and Brad Hollister had this past Saturday night was fantastic. I'm sure the rematch will be equally excellent, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, like I mentioned before, the rematch takes place next month at the Brockton Fair this upcoming June. You can get more information at NECW.TV. But before I let you go, SWB, thanks for joining me. Always appreciate it. Always a great time talking to you. But uh, where, can the fans, where can the fans find you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere? Uh, Twitter, Twitter is SW, this is SWB. Um, on Instagram, SWB is number four real. And uh, you can find me on Facebook as well. And uh, my website is SWB4real.com. That's the number four, SWB4real.com. Test of Strength Wrestling, if uh, you know people are out there and they want to get into business, they want to be a referee, a manager, wrestler, whatever it may be, check out Test of Strength Wrestling. And you can get to that uh, the school information on my website, SWB4real.com. 
Well, as I mentioned before, SWB, thanks again for joining me. Can Once again, congrats on the title win. Great match this past Saturday night, and I'll catch you down the road. Uh, no, no doubt, Graham. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks again to SWB for coming on the show. Always a great time talking to him. And like I said earlier, the Irony Tournament show, if you missed it on Saturday, you missed one hell of a show. It's one of those shows that reminds me why I'm a wrestling fan. When I go to Raws and TNAs and indie events like this, it always serves as a reminder how much I love this stuff. Like I ever forgot, really, but I mean, these shows are always an awesome experience. I love last year's show in Beverly, and I thought this one was even better, which speaks volumes considering how great that show was last year. But if you don't live in the Massachusetts area and you can't catch one of the NECW shows, you can always find them online at NECW.TV for more information. Like I said, I think they're going to be in the Brockton Fair next. I'm not sure what part of the the state that's in, but you can check it out. They're doing shows all summer long. Um, you can also find out their full shows on YouTube. Just type in Next Era, or not Next Era Wrestling, excuse me, New England Championship Wrestling on YouTube, and you can find them there as well. Like I said, indie events all summer long. I'm looking forward to an awesome summer. I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's just me. I'm hoping to get tickets to the Legends of Wrestling event. And June 9th, I want to say my birthday's on the 2nd. That's a Tuesday. So the 9th is a Tuesday. Um, so it's on June 7th. It's on a Sunday in City Field, New York City. It's going to be awesome. Hoping to be able to go. Um, Goldberg's going to be there. Rob Van Dam, Mr. Anderson, Brett Hart, Ric Flair. A lot of legends. I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm really hoping I get tickets to that show. Only a couple days after my birthday. So if I can go to that, it would be a dream come true. There's that. There's, I think there's going to be a WWE live event here in the Connecticut area, maybe in August. I don't know if I'll be able to go to that, even if I can score free tickets. You know, I'll be at SummerSlam literally days after that, so it might be a little bit of a, um, a little bit uh, a busy week if I was able to do both. So I don't think I will. But still, SummerSlam is on August 23rd, I want to say. Um, I'm looking at my calendar right now, only 103 more days until SummerSlam. I don't know the exact date, but I know how many days until SummerSlam. But I am so pumped for that show, guys. SummerSlam has been great, like, consistently since, like, 2011. 2012 was good. 2011 was fantastic. I had the show on DVD. 2013 was phenomenal. 2014, I thought, was even better. You know, SummerSlam's always a fun time, so I'm looking forward to uh, going with John and RJ and a few other guys from Twitter. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but speaking of John and speaking of RJ, RJ will be joining me in a little bit to talk payback predictions for this Sunday. Um, solid 20 minutes. We'll be talking all about our payback predictions for this upcoming Sunday. And speaking of John, hopefully I'll be able to hook up with him in the next couple of weeks. I'm done with school this week. He's done with this with, with, with his college, with his school, on um, the next couple of days. So hopefully we can catch up and uh, cross paths and you know shoot the shit on WWE, shoot the breeze. Um, in the next couple of weeks or so, hopefully we'll be able to catch either Elimination Chamber together or Raw or something like that. We do it every summer, so I'm looking forward to that. We can sit down, record a podcast, or hashtag AskGSM. I want to get him back on the show, and he will be on the show at some point the next couple of months. So a lot to look forward to here on WrestleRant Radio. And I forgot to mention this before, I already have a lot of cool guests um, scheduled for WrestleRant Radio over the next couple of weeks. You just heard one, Slick Wagner Brown. We've had him here on the show before, but only days removed his first interview since winning the NECW Championship on Saturday night. So we bring you the, the first and foremost, the breaking news, the breaking stuff here on WrestleRant Radio. But a lot of other cool guests joining me in the, over the next couple of weeks. So they're Bleacher Report analysts and fellow fans from Twitter and Facebook, a lot of cool people that you've heard here before on the show and haven't heard here on the show before. So we've got a sack summer. I'm looking forward to it. But speaking of the summer, it was announced last night on Raw, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is making a return on May 31st exclusively on the WWE Network. doesn't make that big of a difference. It won't be offered on traditional pay-per-view. But based off recent numbers from what I've seen, other than WrestleMania, you know, not many people are buying the pay-per-views anyway. I know like 30,000 people may seem like a lot, but in terms of pay-per-view buys, it's really not. I mean, pay-per-views used to do how many people buying them? Like 100, 200, 300, 400, 500,000 people. And you know, in recent years, it's been closer to like 200,000, but 20, 30,000 people is not a lot. And there's a lot of reasons why people might not be buying the network. It's not because they don't want it. A lot of people just either can't get it or they don't like the lagging stream or they just don't have any need for it. Uh, maybe they don't, just, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's, there's some people out there that just really can't afford honestly to pay $10 a month, which is fine. You know, there's, there's people that have their reasons, but you know, e- either way, Elimination Chamber will be a WWE Network exclusive pay-per-view come May 31st. You know, from what I've been hearing, people have been questioning whether it will be three hours. 
you know, they've been throwing around the term pay-per-view, which is funny because technically it's not on pay-per-view at all. You know, I would call pay-per-views pay-per-views because they're still offered on pay-per-view. This isn't a pay-per-view. This is a WWE Network only event. So I guess we're just going to be calling it an event. I'll probably be caught, you know, calling it a, a pay-per-view at some point. But technically it's only it's only a, um, it is only an event. You know, you can't even call it a pay-per-view even though it's on the network because it's still taking place in the month of May. And as we know, the WWE Network is free for the entire month of May, as it was for April, as it was for February, as it was for November. That's another rant for another day. But Elimination Chamber itself, though, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I thought the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view itself, you know, when it took place right before WrestleMania, it was a total waste. You know, some of the shows are pretty good. I really enjoyed the 2011 show, probably the best one they ever did. But everything else after that, you know, the world champion retained their title Every year after 2010, the 2010 installment was the inaugural installment, and every installment after that, the world champion, whether it was the WWE champion, world heavyweight champion, or the WWE world heavyweight champion, they would always successfully retain their title inside the chamber, and I never understood it. You know, if it's, you know, three against one, four against one, I get it. Five challengers, you know, the odds of them retaining every single time for five years straight got to the point of being ridiculous. I don't think Fastlane is that much better. I thought this year's Fastlane event was good. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was good and enjoyable. Um, you know, the, the whole Elimination Chamber pay-per-view taking place right before Mania was a total waste. Now that it's happening right, you know, right after Payback and right before the summer, there's a little bit more excitement and anticipation, a little bit more unpredictability, so to speak. So I'm looking forward to it. But as of right now, though, it's been confirmed that the Chamber matches, there will be two of them. The WWE World Heavyweight title will not be defended inside the Chamber for the first time in years. Um, actually, the two chamber matches, one will be contested for the vacant Intercontinental title, which a lot of people were throwing around that idea last night on Twitter and some forums. It's great to see that come to fruition after Daniel Bryan uh, vacated the Intercontinental Championship last night on Raw. The other chamber match being contested for the WWE Tag Team titles. So, for the first time ever, the IC and Tag Team titles being defended inside the chamber, inside Satan's structure, which I think is awesome. You know, I'm going to talk about this now, the pros and cons of bringing back the chamber. The pros, I think, is defending two titles that have never been defended before. The WWE World Heavyweight title has no, you know, there's no business being inside that chamber. You know, there, there's always a chance that it could be defended against against the guys that are contending for it at payback, and maybe you throw in Kane, or maybe even John Cena, or a few other names. In that case, I think it's just a waste, because payback is all about the multi-man format. To do it again two weeks later is a bit over-excessive, and I'm glad they're not going with that. And Instead, the WWE World Heavyweight title, along with the United States Championship, will be defended according to WWE.com, just not inside the chamber itself. So, the two chamber matches for the tag titles and the IC title, I think, is awesome. The I, the, uh, the Elimination Chamber uh, being contested for the Intercontinental title, the timing could not have been better. Does it suck that Daniel Bryan has to vacate the title? Absolutely. But I think, you know, having it be contested and having, you know, the, to determine a new champion inside the chamber is great, especially if they have a main event the pay-per-view. You know, RJ and I will be talking about this a little bit later, and we've talked about this be- here before on the show, but I think whatever awaits Rollins after payback should be Kane. They need to wrap up that storyline, give Kane a title shot, blow off that feud, and then just move on to bigger and better things for Seth Rollins because I think he's doing a great job as champion. But, you know, even the match with Randy Orton last night on Raw, although I thought it was solid, we've seen it so many times over the last couple of months. You know, we saw it at WrestleMania, we saw it again at Extreme Rules, we saw it on Raw last night, we saw it on Raw back in November, and they've been doing this feud for the last three months now, it's time for something new. And maybe from there we get Ambrose and Reigns and whatever, we'll talk about that in our payback predictions, but I feel like something needs to happen for Rollins to also wrap up the whole angle with Kane, and then we can move into other potential challengers, like a Ziggler or whoever else, um, for this summer, which I think is going to be pretty damn cool. So I'm looking forward to that. But the Intercontinental title, if we get Rollins and Kane at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, you know, that doesn't have to main event a show. Kane and Rollins is not the most exciting main event. If we get a six-man chamber for the IC title in the main event, that would be awesome. You know, I think what they've been doing with the U.S. Championship lately, and I might, if I have time, I'll talk about the U.S. Open from last night. I think what they've been doing with the U.S. Championship lately with around John Cena's waist has been great. You know, it's still predictable that he's going to win or retain or whatever. He didn't win last night, technically. He lost by DQ due to interference from Rusev in his match against Neville. But you know that he's going to retain because he has a match with Rusev looming. But if they get away from the whole feud thing and they just have Johnson to come out every week and defend, um, you know, randomly and have no feud set in stone, although I would usually favor in the opposite... 
But I think in this case, it works because it gives us great matches. You don't know if John Cena is going to lose or not, which is always possible. So I think the concept is awesome, and it's really instilled more prestige into that star-spangled prize. So I think it's great. And if they could do that more with the Intercontinental Championship, and, you know, granted, the, the fact that it hasn't really been seen on Raw at all since Brian won it is not Brian's fault. It's not WWE's fault. The guy got injured. They had no idea what the diagnosis was up until a couple days ago. So they, they still don't know how long he's going to be out, but they know for sure that he won't. They have no idea when he's going to be back. So they had to vacate the championship. But still, I feel like, you know, they can really bring prestige back to that championship as well. Brian could have done that, got injured, so it's unfortunate. But if they put it around the waist of a Sheamus or a Bray Wyatt or a Ryback or a Rusev or a Neville or a Ziggler again, it's really going to mean something. So I think, you know, putting those guys in, in a tournament or a chamber match, excuse me, for the IC Championship come May 31st would be great. Even more so, the tag team title chamber match really intrigues me. I think that's awesome. I think we are really pegging for a six-man chamber tag team match at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, I want to say back in 2013, when it was Cena, Sheamus, and Ryback versus The Shield. We still got a standard six-man tag team match, which was good, but it it wouldn't have been as good. I mean, I guess when inside the chamber, you really... You know, you're you're really protective. It's you're really kind of limited in terms of what you can do. The Shield was undefeated at that time, so maybe it was better that they went with these standard six man tag team format. But I think with the tag team titles being defended, you know, the tag team titles, I think they're maybe not the most prestigious belts in the company right now, but they're definitely up there. Although they've been changing hands like every other month since like the fall. Um, you know, we've been getting a lot of great matches between Cesaro and Kid and the Usos, the New Day, Miz and Mizdow. All these other great teams, it's really helped brought back importance and excitement to those tag team titles. I'm looking forward to the two out of three count falls match on Sunday at Payback between the New Day, Cesaro, and Kid. That could very well steal the show. You don't need me to tell you that. I'm looking forward to that. But if you put, you know, this is the question on everyone's mind right now. I guess we'll find out more in the coming weeks. Whether it's going to be, you know, three teams with one person in each pod or it's going to be six teams with two people in each pod. That could become a bit of a clusterfuck, so I don't know if they're going to do that. But either scenario is great. You know, I think defending those tag team titles inside the chamber is something new. It's something fresh. So those are the pros of bringing back the pay-per-view. And also, uh, in addition to that, I mentioned this on Twitter last night during Raw, it's more original content for the network. You know, I mentioned this last week on WrestleRant Radio, but the more content, the better for the WWE Network. You had the King of the Ring, you had the Jerry Springer Show, the 24 Specials, all this other stuff, the, 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 in, the interviews, the podcast with Jericho and Austin, I think all that stuff is great. It's more original content for the WWE Network, which is exactly what they need right now. In addition to uploading all raw, old, old Raw shows, excuse me, I read something yesterday, kind of go off on a side tangent here real quick, that uh, there was a statistic that people weren't really watching, they were hardly being watched at all, all the old content. What's well, fucking because you're not uploading, you know, consecutive Raws at a time. They'll upload an old Raw from 1997, and they'll wait another three months before they upload the next episode. Of course, people aren't going to sit down and watch a Raw or a couple Raws from 97 if they're not even uploaded in order. I think they did for the couple few years, for the first few years of Raw from like 93 to maybe like 96 or 97. But other than that, there's real no consistency in terms of when they upload content. That needs to change too. I wrote an article about that in Hidden Remote a couple weeks ago about, you know, top 10 shows you need to upload to the network, including Shock on Saturday Night and Heat and Velocity, old NXT episodes even, old Raws, old ECWs, all that, all that stuff, you know? More consistency, the better. They can't upload everything at once because I know they need to save stuff for later down the line, but at least have a consistent schedule in terms of when you're, when you're uploading and stuff like that. I think it will entice more viewers to sign up for the network and sign up for the free month or the nine ninety nine month or whatever, <clears throat> pay nine ninety nine, and um, you know to sit down and watch you know ten raws in a row. I can never do that, but if someone wanted to sit down, uh, you know, and watch each of these raws every single week, you know, like what I'm what what I'm loving right now, and this is a perfect example. If they uploaded the twenty eleven season of Tough Enough and they uploaded the first episode one week and the second episode you know four weeks later. I'm not going to sit down and watch every week because I don't care. You know, I heard that in that same report that the 2011 season of Tough Enough is doing really well right now on the, on the WWE Network because they're being uploaded consistently every week. That's what you need to do with all your shows. They're uploading Tough Enough episodes, the Tough Enough episodes, excuse me, 
every Tuesday. And for me, I don't really have time during the week, or at least I didn't during school. Maybe I will now that it's a summer. But I sit down on like the four-year anniversary of when that episode was released every Saturday, and I watch the show. And I think it's great. It's like my legal, little, my little weekly Saturday tradition to watch those old episodes of Tough Enough. And I've been clamoring to see those episodes for months because I love that season and I love watching it back. And the only way I'm able to do so is because they constantly and consistently upload the episodes on the same time every week. They got to do that with all their content. So the pros of the Elimination Chamber, going back to that, is that it's more original content for the network, which is exactly what they need. I'm, I'm very happy to see that. So that's a, that's a, a plus to doing the Chamber pay-per-view. A con, and this is only nitpicking, don't take it as complaining or anything like that, it's just way too much. Like I know they've already started confirming matches for the show, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the show is taking place two weeks after payback. So how much bell this pay-per-view is going to get, I have no idea. And then two weeks after that, we have the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So it's like three shows within the span of a month, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's way too much, way too soon. You know, if they did it for an hour special on a Saturday or something, I'd be fine with that. You know, I was thinking last night how, they are, how they're even going to sell tickets for this show because it obviously wasn't being advertised before this. Otherwise, people would have known about it. Um, there's already a live event going on that day. How are people going to go into that show? I think it's taking a place in the afternoon and this show is taking place at night. But still, I don't know. It just feels like it's way too much. You know, and we're, all, we're already saying as it is, they need to scale back on the number of pay-per-views they do a year. I think it's 12 or 13 with the Chamber pay-per-view you know, kind of thrown in there. And like I said, it's great that it's a network exclusive, but it's way too much content. You throw in the three-hour Raws, the two-hour SmackDowns, our NXT, our Superstars, our main event. It's way too much with the little amount of build and all that kind of stuff. Less is more, I like to say, especially with the pay-per-views. So it's going to feel like overkill, but with what they're being, with the, with what they're currently advertising and promising for that show, I'm looking forward to it regardless. It's not like I'm not going to watch it. So like I said, don't take this me as complaining or anything like that. I'm still going to watch it. I'm looking forward to it, maybe even more so than payback considering what's being advertised. But they need to scale back a number of pay-per-views. Like the specials, like the, the King of the Rings stuff I think is great. It took place on a Tuesday when there's no real shows going on anyway. I know main event airs internationally now. It doesn't air on the network anymore. So, you know, have it do that for an hour. That shit is great. But to do a three-hour pay-per-view, like, come on. This, I mean, it's only a network exclusive, so they could do it for two hours if they wanted to. You don't have to go the, the traditional three hours like a pay-per-view would. So even if it was something like that, I think it would be great. But they might have to utilize the full three hours if they're going to have multiple title matches and multiple other matches as well. But how you fit, like, you know, three pay-per-views in the span of a month, I think is, you know, just crazy. So we'll see how they handle that. So I'm looking forward to that, though. Elimination Chamber in two weeks on May 31st should be a very interesting show, to say the least. In other news from this week, the Tough Enough contestants, or not contestants, excuse me, the coaches and trainers were announced. Now, Tough Enough returns on June 23rd, uh, Tuesday, June 23rd, on the USA Network at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. As I just mentioned before, I think the 2011 Tough Enough was by far one of my favorite parts of 2011. I love the year of 2011 as a whole in wrestling. Um, just a lot of fond memories of the programming, but I love Tough Enough, and I was clamoring for months that they needed to upload all the old episodes of that show, and they uploaded the first two seasons, they just started uploading the, the most recent season in 2011, consistently, like I said before, every Tuesday, and I sit down to watch it every Saturday, love that show. Now, from what I understand, this this season will be completely different from anything we've seen before. It's going to be much more interactive, and the contestants will be different. Hopefully, the winner it pans out better than it did for Andy Levine and all those other people that won the uh, won the earlier seasons of Tough Enough. Um, still, though, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. I love the I love the 2011 season. I think even though they're promising a more interactive format and stuff like that, might only add to it. And I love Stone Cold as the host, but this year's host will be none other than. Chris Jericho, and I think it's great. Chris Jericho has, you know, hosted shows before. He's done the podcast. He hosted that robot show he, on on Sci-Fi a couple years ago. He hosted Downfall almost exactly five years ago. Whatever network it was, I have no idea. And uh, I think he does a really good job in the host role. So I'm looking forward to him in that role. I know Austin would have been preferable for both officials and fans alike. But the bottom line, no pun intended, is that he's currently busy with other projects, specifically his. Broken Skull Challenge show, so that's, I think, filming at the same time, considering this will be live, or close to live anyway. It's not like the last season where it's being filmed months in advance. 
this is being filmed as it's airing, either at that time or a couple days beforehand. I have no idea. Most of it will be live since it will be interactive. So Austin can't make it, but Jericho, I think, is a nice consolation prize. And a lot of people are, you know, giving Jericho shit about being a corporate guy and you're a sellout and whatever. It's it's a bunch of bullshit. He's just doing what's right for the company. He's done what's right for the company. And like you mentioned on his own podcast, if he was really back for the money, this guy would be working a, a Brock schedule or a Rock schedule, you know? The guy comes back to do fucking house shows, not even working TV. That's true dedication. That's true passion for the business. I'm not saying that Rock and Brock don't have passion for the business for the schedules they're currently working, but they're big money guys. Their schedule, the schedules they're working are, are great. You know, if Jericho really wanted to make money, he would be back for all the Raws and stuff, but he's not. He's coming back for the live events for us. You know, he's doing it for the fans, so I don't want to hear none of that corporate bullshit. Um, and, you know, if you got called up, you know, if Austin couldn't work out for the podcasts, you know, they, they couldn't work something, they couldn't work out a deal with him. And WWE called you to be his replacement, to do the podcasts. What would you say? No. You know, what, what, what the hell is Jericho going to say? He's not even doing it for the money, from what I understand. He's doing it because he's a good host. I know, you know, the interview style that he does, you know, as opposed to Austin's, is very different. I completely understand that some people prefer one over the other. But they're both enjoyable nonetheless. I thought the Stephanie podcast was good. Nothing groundbreaking or earth-shattering or anything like that. It was an enjoyable conversation between two old friends. Nothing you know, controversial. I, I hate when WWE says that it's controversial. The Austin podcast were controversial. This one, not so much. Jericho's are really not that controversial. As much as they are an entertaining conversation between two old friends, as I mentioned. Still, though, um, what was I saying? Oh, the Tough Enough show. Um, yeah, I think the coaches, the trainers are great. I think Jericho as the, whole, uh, as the host is going to work out very well, so I'm looking forward to that. The trainers will be Lita, Booker T, and Billy Gunn, so a nice array of talent there. The coaches, or the uh, the judges, I guess, will be uh, Paige, Daniel Bryan, and Hulk Hogan. And I like that array of talent as well. You have Paige for the women. We had Trish for the um, for the last set of women. And Lita will be a trainer. So that's cool to see. So she's going to be on the trainer side. Paige will be a judge. We have Daniel Bryan, one of the greatest. Matt Wrestler is one of the greatest in-ring technicians of all time. So he kind of brings something to the table there. Especially considering the fact he will not be on TV and WWE TV due to the current injury. So that's kind of a great way to keep his uh, presence going. Keep his, um, you know, keep his um, on-air presence you know, going strong. And then you have Hulk Hogan, who a lot of people are not the biggest fans of, but there's no doubt in that he is one of the biggest names in professional wrestling history. So having his name synonymous with Tough Enough will automatically bring viewers to that show, make it make it credible in the eyes of some. So I think he is, um, you know, and he also brings to the table, you know, where, where Brian excels in, you know, in-ring skills, Hulk Hogan excels in superstardom skills. What makes a superstar in 2015? The mic skills portion of it, stuff like that, you know? Um, having that it factor. So each of these talents, each of these coaches, each of these judges, excuse me, brings something different to the table, which I think is great. The trainers, like I said, Lita, Booker T, Billy Gunn, they're all great. I think they're all qualified. Lita, great to see her back in an in-ring role. Billy Gunn's already involved in NXT as it is, so I think he's it's cool to see him part of the show. And then Booker T was a part of the uh, the last season of Tough Enough, so it's cool to see him a part of the show as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Love Tough Enough, the uh, the last season. I think that this season as it is, with what's currently being advertised and announced, I think it's shaping up to be one hell of a show. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it for like the news portion of the show here today. And before we get into the payback predictions, kind of want to run through my thoughts on Raw from last night. I thought it was a good show. You know, the main purpose of it was for it to be a go-home show. Um, the final show before payback on Sunday. Was it as entertaining as last week? No, but I thought it had some bright highlights. It had some good matches, good moments, and it effectively got me excited for Sunday's show, which could very well be very, very good um, based off what the current card looks like. So in terms of Raw last night, like I said, I'm not going to go through a full-on review, um, but, you know, it kind of just served as the go-home show for Sunday. The biggest thing from last night, I already kind of talked about Daniel Bryan's retirement, not retirement, excuse me, the, the announcement of him having to relinquish the IC title. It sucks, you know, we went through the same thing, you know, a year ago from today when he announced on Raw that he had to vacate the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And it's very unfortunate, but if it means that he'll live longer, or live a better life, or live a healthier life, then it's, you know, and then so be it. You know, better, whatever... Uh, you know, whatever spells better for Brian's health, that's that's more important than his entering career. 
And it is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to seeing what he would do as Intercontinental Champion. But, you know, if he's not healthy, that, that's the primary concern. So hopefully he is back soon. He doesn't have to retire, and he is 100%. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but it is very unfortunate to hear that Brian is injured and will have to relinquish the Intercontinental Championship. So that was one of the uh, biggest memorable moments from last night's Raw. In addition to the U.S. Open Challenge, John Cena versus Neville, and a great match, really, really enjoyable. And I've said this time and time again, but I am absolutely loving the U.S. Open right now. I think it is one of the consistently bright spots of Raw every single week. You have Barrett one week, Sami Zayn the next, Dean Ambrose, and now Neville. You know, a lot of fresh faces facing John Cena. It's not like it's a Randy Orton or a, you know, a Bray Wyatt or a Rusev or somebody that's John Cena has faced a million times before. I think with these fresh faces, these new names, it really puts over these guys in a big way. And I said on Twitter last night, I'll say it again, the U.S. Open is how you make stars. It made a star to Sami Zayn last week. When he'll be back, I have no idea. Um, takeover next Wednesday, I don't know how I forgot to mention that, but I'm looking forward to that, and I'll get into that more next week and at the end of the show as well. But I think Neville versus Zayn, you know, the, the Neville's performance in this matchup, you know, coming so close to winning the Star Spangled Prize, and I love the finish which is weird to say about a match that ends in DQ. But Neville, you know, he gave viewers the impression that he was about to win the U.S. championship. You know, he he had Cena down and out. He just hit him with the red arrow, and he got a two count right before Rusev interrupted. So we'll never really know if he would have won the U.S. championship or not. So I love that aspect of it. He also kicked out of an AA, too. I wish they wouldn't do that every week. Um, you know, Cena kicking out of other people's finishers, that annoys me more, but... People kicking it out of the AA, if they do it every single week, it'll mean less and less. So hopefully they save that for special occasions. But I thought it worked well in Neville's case. It put him over big. Like I said, love the finish. Thought it protected Neville, kept the belt on Cena, and also also put heat on Rusev going into Sunday's payback pay-per-view in their I Quit match. So I love the matchup, love the booking. And like I said, hopefully Cena walks out of, uh, walks out of payback with the title intact. Because then the U.S. Open has been awesome. There's so many more names still wait to a challenge. John Cena, whether it's from NXT or another fresh face in the current roster or a returning star like a Rob Van Dam or a Rhino or a Bully Ray, someone threw that out there, which I thought would be awesome. I don't know how I didn't think of that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to what the U.S. Open brings in coming weeks. I think it's great, and I love the booking of it on Monday night. So that was one of the highlights from Raw last night. We also have the reuniting of the Wyatt family. It's so funny, too, because, you know, I wrote an article about that on, Hid- on, on Hidden Remote a couple weeks ago, and, um, you know, RJ and I, we, there's a clip of it on the YouTube channel of us talking about the uh, of the reunion of the Wyatt family, and this was right before the same night, on uh, on, on, on the same night as, uh, as the SmackDown tapings, when Harper and Rowan kind of reunited, and he texted me a picture of the results of, of them, uh, of Word... You know, with the, the word being spread around that they were getting back together, and I could not have been any more excited, man. You know, the Wyatt family, needless to say, should not have been broken up in the first place. That was a huge mistake. You know, Wyatt's doing well for himself, but it's just not the same. You know, him sitting in the rocking chair with the with Harper and Rowe and the Wyatt family members sitting or standing behind him, I thought was great. They could have done more with it, and they broke him up far too soon. So that was a shame. But uh, you know, them getting back together so far, it's only Rowan and Harper. And if, even if it's only them, I think it's great. It really adds to the tag team division, as RJ and I will be talking about in just a little bit. Throwing them in the chamber with Cesaro and Kid and New Day, whew, you got yourself quite the matchup there. So hopefully that's the that, that's the current plan. But yeah, I think the Wyatt family getting back together is definitely best for business. Um, really looked forward to them. I was really excited to see them back standing alongside each other last night on Raw. So that was really exciting. Um, in terms of other stuff from Raw last night, Orton Rollins, like I said before, a solid match. It's really nothing we haven't seen before. Kind of a standard close to the show with all the baby faces hitting their finishers on Orton or on uh, Seth Rollins, excuse me, kind of making it obvious that Rollins will retain on Sunday. But that's about it. You know, Wyatt's promo was good, being uh, being attacked by Ryback, effectively building towards their matchup. The good news is that we didn't get a Reigns versus Kane match on Raw. The bad news is that we're getting it on SmackDown on Thursday. That there must be a winner there, you know, by pinfall or submission. Just fucking call it a no DQ match. You know, it's so dumb. Just call it no holds barred. Um, you know, the the word choice with this company just mind boggles me sometimes. It's very very mind boggling. So we got we didn't get a match between those two. That kind of saved the uh, 
Kind of save the best for SmackDown, so to speak. Triple H return, which I thought was comical. He was on Raw like all of three weeks ago promoting Tough Enough, so it really wasn't that grand of a return. Barrett and Ziggler had a good match. Let's see here. Tamina, not a really good match with Brie Bella, but it is cool to see Tamina back. The Axel and Macho Mando stuff, I'm not really a huge fan of. You know, I think it's it's cute. It's fun for a one-off thing, but, you know, I think Sandow is much better off just being himself. You know, I wrote about this in a SmackDown, or no, SmackDown, in a Hidden Remote article about a few weeks ago that just let the guy be himself. I'm not saying he's world championship material or anything like that, but I feel like you're wasting him in these constant gimmicks. You know, granted, he got the Mizdow thing over, but he could be over just being himself. Just giving him these dumb gimmicks that don't really have much shelf life are not going to do anything to help him in the long term. It will label him as a comedy a comedic relief character, which is anything that he is, that which, what is exactly what he is not. You know, Axel, I get it. He's a great athlete too, but I think Macho, or now I'm saying it. Um, now, you know, Sandow is, is a talent that can go far in WWE. Maybe not main event, but he could definitely be up there. I can't say the same for Axel, although he is really good. I think he's great in this current role. He's been doing it for months, and it's still like the most over thing on the roster. You know, I think with... um. With Sandow, I feel like it does have a short shelf life, so I'm hoping that it's only for Sunday. But that was about it. Cesaro and Biggie had a good match as well. I already talked about the Daniel Bryan announcement. That was Raw on Monday. Um, like I said, effectively got me excited for Payback this Sunday on pay-per-view as well as on the WWE Network for free. But as I mentioned before, as, you know, speaking of such, WWE Payback this Sunday. We'll get into it right now. My full prediction panel with RJ at RJ underscore Marceau on the Twitter for this upcoming Sunday. Our Payback predictions. Get your predictions right now. Prediction panel. Kicking it off with the kickoff show. Macho Man now and Curtis Axel versus The Ascension. I know you love this matchup. I want to get your pick for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a very tough one because both teams really don't have a direction right now. Yeah. But, um, I'm going to go with the baby face. I'm going to go with uh, Mandel and Axel. I feel like it's only a one-off. Do you think this is going to last a while, or do you think it's only for Sunday? Uh, I think it only lasts Sunday. I don't think it should be, uh, like, pretty much, like, it shouldn't be, like, dragged out too long. Then it should keep it for a one-night thing, maybe. Yeah, I'm hoping it's just for Sunday because I feel like Sandow can do so much more as, ju- as just Sandow, not with the Macho Mandow thing. But it's fine for the kickoff show so if it's only for Sunday. But that's a kickoff show. Kicking off the show itself, though, we're not really sure. But for the two out of three count falls match for the WWE Tag Team titles, the New Day defending against Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, which is sure to steal the show on Sunday. What's your pick for this matchup? Uh, I gotta say, New Day. They just got the titles and they're starting to become a better team. I feel like. Yeah, well, I mean, someone pointed out to me about a month ago for Extreme Rules that the tag team titles have changed hands every time the network has been free. So I don't know if that continues on Sunday. I don't think so, because like you said, they just changed the titles a month ago. Nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to tag team titles, but yeah, I've got Cesaro and Kid going over here. All right, I've got New Day going over here too. And hopefully after that, I mean, maybe they do Macho Mandel and Axel going for the belts after that if they're a babyface duo. I doubt it, but it feels way too soon to be taking the titles off New Day, and then maybe we can get them versus, like, the Lucha Dragons or something down the line. That'd be a pretty sweet matchup. Actually, did you hear this, though? At Elimination Chamber later this month, they're defending the tag team titles inside the chamber itself. They are? Yeah, and the Intercontinental title, too. Nice. Who do you think should be in a... That's what I was thinking. First time ever they're doing it inside the chamber. (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. That's that was the team that I was thinking of. If they put the belts on Cesaro and Kid here, like I said, it'd be a waste if they did it for just a month. But if they put the belts back on the baby faces, Wyatt family for the championship for a title run against uh, Cesaro and Kid would be nice. Exactly. I could see those three teams being in the chamber. If it's only six people, I could see Cesaro, Kid, New Day, and, and Wyatt family. Oh, that's going to be nice. Yeah, and then the IC title could have, like, Ziggler, Sheamus, Ambrose, Wyatt, Ryback, and Neville. I could see that. I think there's so many people you could put in that, but... 
Yeah, there, I could see Neville, Barrett, Sheamus, Ziggler, all the guys that are already kind of the mid-card anyway. Maybe then Wyatt and Ryback, like you said before. It depends what Ambrose is doing, but I could see Ambrose in there too. But all those guys I could very well see being in that matchup. But I'm looking forward to that. So up next, speaking of such, King Barrett versus Neville. No stipulation. Any thoughts in this matchup? Uh, we're going to see it twice. I don't know what they really can do to wow me again. But um, I'd say it, it makes sense for Neville to win, but I think they're going to keep Barrett strong. So I think, I, I think Barrett's going to win. Yeah, it could go either way. Barrett won the first match, or he won the second match at King of the Ring. Neville won the first one in the payback pre-show, so it could very well go either way. And it's, the thing that sucks is that both guys need wins right now. I mean, it's not going to damage. Yeah, not, it's give uh, Barrett some uh, credentials for him winning, and then Neville needs a win lose all the time now. Exactly, exactly. And he... Oh, he didn't lose last night, technically, but he has lost a lot lately, so... And then Barrett won last night, so I could see Neville winning on Sunday. I don't know. It's really hard to say, because both guys need wins right now. Uh... I'll probably have to go with Neville. I feel like they'll probably give him the victory, just because just Barrett won the last one, so they'll probably give him the rubber match victory. Barrett needs a win, too, but hopefully if they... If the aftermath is right, I mean, I know we always say that, but if they, as long as they book it, they follow it up properly, I guess that's all that matters, but... Doesn't really matter much, but I got Neville here. And you said you got Barrett? I got Barrett. Okay, so up next we got Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus. Again, no stipulation. They've only had one match so far, the Kiss My Arse match at Extreme Rules. Ziggler won that one. Who do you got going over here? Sheamus. Sheamus? Any yeah. reason why? Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't think he was going to I thought Sheamus was going to win at uh, uh, the Extreme Rules, so. I'll say that Sheamus won here. They'll do another match, probably. Yeah, they'll probably do another match at either Chamber or something like that. If they're not in the Chamber yeah, match of the Aussie title. They'll probably Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's time for both these guys to move on. It's it's another case of either guy could go over because at Extreme Rules, you had Ziggler win. And then Sheamus got his heat back afterwards, and he beat Ziggler up last night on Raw. So it could very well go either way. Um, just because Ziggler won in the last one, like you said, I'll probably have to go with Sheamus too. If, if Neville's going to win the last matchup for me, I'll probably have Sheamus go over here. So again, it doesn't really matter who wins, but it could very go either way. Not already confirmed for the card as of this writing, but I, I assume it's taking place. Wyatt versus Ryback, if it takes place at Payback, who do you got going over? Wyatt, easily. Easily? You feel like that's a shoe-in? Easily. <laughs> Right back got the better of him last night, so yeah, I feel like it's I feel like Wyatt needs to win here, especially after he lost to Undertaker, and Ryback needs a win too. It's another case of both guys need wins, but Wyatt just lost to Taker, and he hasn't done anything since, so he needs this win more than anything else. So I got Wyatt if that match happens too. Uh, but up next, the two main events here. I quit match for the United States Championship. John Cena defending against Rusev. No rematch, no disqualifications, no countouts. This is the be-all, end-all of this feud. Who do you got going over? John Cena. Cena has a lose I quit match. I think everyone knows that. I don't think there's any reason for Cena to lose the U.S. title run open thing that he's been having the last couple of weeks. And so these one's been great, so I think it makes sense to keep it on him now and then maybe have Rusev do something else. Go after the IC title, maybe. Or, yeah, yep, yep. I, don't yep. Know, I think Cena's good enough at the United States champion now when we all thought it would be a disaster that. And then you keep it on him and get the title more credibility to have Cena runs with it for a while. So I think Cena wins. Rusev maybe goes on by, his, by himself without one and goes after the uh, IC title. That'd be nice. I mean, we were talking about for a while that if he loses the payback, Rusev that is, because he's already lost the undefeated streak. He's no longer undefeated. And then he already lost the United States Championship. And they didn't really tease it last night, but they've been teasing it pretty strongly for the last couple of weeks. The babyface turn for for Lana. And if he loses her, he's pretty much dead in the water. The only thing that would save his momentum if his, if he was to win the IC Championship or go after it or something. So maybe that's where they go with it. I just don't understand why they're doing this matchup again if they're going to have Cena go over. So I feel like... And I mean, it's and it's 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 stupid to assume that there's like a purpose behind it because this company they book shit like this all the time. So I can't really say it's because Rusev's gonna win. And I already told you this a couple weeks ago, but there's always the possibility that he locks Lana in the in the accolade. But in this environment, in, in the PG era, I don't see that happening. But I, don't, I could see Lana maybe throwing in the, in the towel for Rusev. I could see that happening. There's a couple different scenarios that can go with. But ultimately, like you said. The U.S. Open for the last couple of weeks has been awesome, and there's no real reason to get rid of it. And they can always make a star when he eventually drops it to 
whoever, whoever he ends up losing it to. So uh, there's no reason to stop that, have him hold it till SummerSlam or later. Rusev can go on and do other stuff. I've got John Cena going over here too. Like you said, there's no real reason to make John Cena say I quit if he's never done it before, so I don't see that happening. But we get to the main event. Did you see them, did you see them doing uh, Cena versus Rusev at SummerSlam for the titles maybe and merge them? Did they have Rusev go up to the IC title? But no. Um... I wouldn't completely. I'm really want to see it again, but um, yeah. that's something they can do. I could see that. I feel like if you're going to do the unification of the titles, which at that point, at this point, I'm not really against, but on it, I feel like it should be a fresh match. I mean, like Brian would have been perfect, but obviously that's not happening. So uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. They're already promoting this feud. Is like they're already promoting this matchup. Like it's the end of the feud. It's it's done. And like you said, we've already seen yeah. it. This is the fourth time in a row that we're seeing. It. I can't believe we got it twice, <laughs> much less four times. But yeah, I didn't need to move away from it. I'm not going to completely rule it out because like, they could always go back to it. I mean, it's WWE, but I feel like that if they're going to do a unification match, they could save it for Ambrose or, I don't know, whoever, another credible babyface or Ziggler or yeah. Wyatt or something like that, you know? I'd be fine with that. Well, so. first base. We only see Cena merging two titles. Yeah, I hope it's not higher. Cena. He's higher than the titles he's merging. What was that? He said when he's higher than the titles that he's merging. Exactly. Yeah, there's no there's no reason for him to do it. I'd much rather see him lose to whoever he whoever the IC champion is at that point, whether it's uh maybe not Rusev like you said, but maybe like Wyatt or Ziggler or Ambrose. There's a bunch of people yeah, that could do. Just that rematch, that win over Cena after last year's debacle. <laughs> yeah, finally beats John Cena and finally writes that wrong in his career. That'd be nice. <laughs> Uh, I, I could see that happen. Anybody but Rusev, I guess, because we've already seen him a million times. But John yeah, Cena should not. Times. Yeah, John Cena should not be the one. Brian would have been perfect. We could have gotten the rematch two years after their first match, but the injury kind of screwed that up, unfortunately. But yeah, I could see the merge in the titles come SummerSlam. We're only a couple months away, and we're gonna be there too. So whoever it is, hopefully, hopefully it's an awesome match. But we get, hopefully we get to the main event here uh, for the Fatal 4-Way for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins defending against Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. Outcome is predictable, but who do you got? Rollins, I think. He's looked so weak in the last month of him since the Extreme Rules victory. I, I don't think he, he beat Ambrose once. Besides that, he's got all the other competitors have got advantages over him and Scott. Look better than Rollins has. They keep teasing tension between Kane and Rollins, which I think on Sunday Kane will get involved as usual and help Rollins win the title again. But um, I think it also might be a thing of they take out Rollins, he comes in at the end of the match and sneakily takes a victory. Um, I think it's a case of three heels, uh, three face against one heel. You always take the, the card to stat against the heel. He's not going to win, and they always find a way to win. So. Yeah, I could see Ambrose and Reigns. I feel like they're gonna, they're they're not gonna reunite the Shield. I don't. I mean, it's not that I don't like the idea, but it's way too soon. And it just doesn't make any sense either. So I feel like they're not gonna do that. But they could always turn one of these guys heel um, and feud with Reigns or Orton or whatever. I could definitely see Ambrose going heel at some point in the near future. Reigns, I mean, the timing doesn't feel right, although a lot of people feel it should happen. Orton, it's way too soon. He just turned babyface, so I feel like Ambrose might be the one to do it. Maybe not on this pay-per-view, maybe afterwards. But, yeah, like you said, all these guys, Orton beat him last night on Raw via DQ. Reigns has pinned him a few times. Ambrose pinned him last week. We see this all the time with Fatal 4-Ways that they always kind of, um, you know, hype up the fact that they're up against the odds. There's no chance they're going to win. And when they, you know, overdo it like that, then you know they're going to win. And as you mentioned, like, there's, you know, there's no reason for Rollins to lose here, you know? Yeah, I think, like you said, they always have the heels. I feel like they have the cards stacked against him. They always find a way to win. And like he hasn't got over on any of these guys in the last couple of weeks. So I think it's fucking one-on-one that Rollins should win. Yeah, that and the stipulation, too, I forgot to mention that, that if uh, if Rollins loses the title, then Kane is no longer the director of operations, but I'm sure they're saving that split for a later time. Hopefully that they do that in the near future, too. Do you feel like Kane will play a factor in the finish of this matchup? I think he could. I think he could. Uh... I think he might do what he did on last night Raw, like make he'll be out there, like maybe look like he's gonna get involved, but doesn't. But then eventually he will get involved and help Rollins win. 
And then he'd probably, like, choke slam Rollins at the end of the match. Just, like, to tease their tensions again. Rollins will win, but Kane will do something to Rollins to continue their feud. Yeah, I'm sure. Like you said before, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I could see a number one contenders match at the next pay-per-view. Or, well, the Elimination Chamber event, I guess, has been confirmed that the two chamber matches, like I said before, are for the tag team titles and for the IC title. But it's also been confirmed the U.S. Championship and the WWE World Heavyweight title will both be defended on that show. And it's only two weeks after Sunday, so I don't know what... I, I guess that if they wanted to blow off Kane and Rollins at that show, they could do it there, too, you know? Yeah, maybe... Yeah, like you said, they could do the two the two title matches. Maybe have, like, a number one contenders match, too, for the title. And then they blow off Kane and, Kane and Rollins on that pay-per-view and just have them fight. And then if Kane loses, he's done with the authority. And then they could just end their program, because they've been going on for a while now, so... And then Cena, maybe have Cena against someone from NXT on the Lewis Chamber, like an upcoming face that no one would expect, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I feel like with, with Cena going forward, I don't know if he can have an actual feud, because while the U.S. Open matches are great, the outcome, you know, is predictable, because he has, you know, the match with Rusev coming up, you know, so I feel like... Yeah, exactly. He's not going to lose to these guys in the Open when he has a program with Rusev already. Exactly. So I feel like after the feud with Rusev wraps up, if he retains on Sunday, which it's pretty likely he will, he might as well just keep on doing the U.S. Open on the pay-per-views themselves instead of, you know, engaging in a feud, because it kind of takes away yeah. from the Open, you know? Yeah, I like that idea. Instead of just keep going to programs, just keep opening an opening challenge. So like he always has a point, but he doesn't need like a legit feud. Exactly. And people are going to look forward to it regardless, so it doesn't really matter. If they know John Cena's on the pay-per-view, they'll watch it or buy it or whatever. It doesn't matter because it's free for the month of May. But, uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's an Elimination Chamber in two weeks after that, so I'm sure they'll blow off Kane and Rollins there. It's a throw. It's only on the network anyway, so it's not like it's a major event, so I could see them doing that. And like you said, number one contenders match. Rollins wins here, and then from there, you know, like you said before, it's, it's way too soon for Rollins to be dropping the belt, so it's pretty predictable that he retains in this matchup. But any overall thoughts on Payback on Sunday? I think Payback is the ability to be a really, really good show. I feel like some of the matches might be... Overseen, so we've seen Barrett and Neville, and we've seen Sheamus and Ziggler a few times already. Um, I think the Cena Bruce match is another example of this. We've seen that a few times. Um, Taylor Floyd should be really good. Uh, it's New Day and Uso, uh, not Uso, it's New Day and Cesar Kitchen Steel Show, probably. The other matches aren't really marquee or have the, I don't think the other ones really have anything new to bring to the table because we've seen them so many times, but, um, I think I'm, pro- I'm probably looking forward more to the Limitation Chamber, hearing what you said earlier, than I am about payback, but I think it should be a good show, and hopefully they prove me wrong and put out a great show, so... Yeah, same. I'm looking forward to it, too. I mean, Payback is always one of those shows, because Extreme Rules is always the backlash of WrestleMania, and then Payback is, like, the third time we see all these matches and whatever. We saw it last year, the year before that, so I'm sure, it's, like, hopefully Sunday is the, is the be-all, end-all of a lot of these feuds, and they can move on to bigger and better things, and with Chamber being in two weeks after Sunday, hopefully they can come up with some new feuds before then. I think... Money in the Bank, I believe, is on the 14th, so we're going to have a pay-per-view on Sunday, two weeks after that, and then two weeks after that on, on uh, for Money in the Bank, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do to put those two shows together and to make them mean something. The build is crazy, but, you know, the, the Chamber itself, though, they're doing something new. I mean, that, that's cool to see with the tag titles and the IC title. So at least they have a plan in place, and, and they're not doing the same old shit. Because, you know, the, we talked about this before. You know, with the, with the Chamber pay-per-view... The, the world title got defended every single time, successfully got defended every single time for like five years straight before they finally did away with it. So there was no like suspense factor, you know? So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly. They, they used to have it right before WrestleMania. The only person I can remember that lost was Jericho because uh, Michael screwed him. But besides that, everyone retained. So the meeting was pay per view, but the match had so much prestige. Like everyone loved the Elimination Chamber, but then they kind of like killed it because it meant really nothing. Exactly. When they would bring it back, when they would bring it around every once in a while, like back in from '02 to '05 or something, and they would when they when they started doing it as a regular show, then it kind of killed it because, like you said, Jericho is like the only one that won the belt. And that was five years ago. So they, hopefully, they do something to surprise. Well, you, you know, you're getting new a, a new IC champion in that chamber because it's vacated uh, for the tag team titles. It should be interesting, but you know, a, a three man chamber should be should be pretty sweet if they're going to do that because that's never been done before. So at least they're coming up with new shit for the network because. Yeah. And they need, they need more content. Yeah. But, um, like I said, I think it should be good. I think I'm looking forward to one of the chamber, but payback's usually pretty good, so no compliance. 
Exactly. It should be a solid show. We're right on the brink of summer, so hopefully they start you know, boosting up the programming for a pretty hot summer. Going to SummerSlam, we'll be in attendance. Hopefully they deliver a strong show there, too. Jeez, but I'm looking forward to the show. Hopefully it's good. But like I said, brother, thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you down the road. All right, see you later, Graham. See you, man. All right, thanks to RJ, and once again to Slick Wagner Brown for joining me for a stacked and fun-filled edition of WrestleRant Radio here today. You can find Slick Wagner Brown on the Twitter at this is SWB, you can find RJ on Twitter as well at RJ underscore Marceau. Um, and once again, for me, you can find me on Twitter at WrestleRant, Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews, YouTube, same thing, just go to youtube.com backslash C backslash graham.gsm.matthews. And finally, last but not least, nextairawrestling.net, where you're listening to the show right now, right here on Next Era Wrestling, the only place where you can listen to the show. Other than the excerpts on YouTube, of course. But uh, like I said earlier, WrestleRant Radio will be uploaded every single Tuesday going forward for the remainder of the summer in podcast form. And a lot of cool guests coming up here on WrestleRant Radio. Professional wrestlers, fellow fans, columnists. um, A lot of cool stuff here lined up on WrestleRant Radio. Hopefully we can get John back on soon. RJ will be joining me hopefully before every pay-per-view to do prediction panels for all the pay-per-views. And speaking of prediction panels, next week we've got Tony Mango, fellow Bleach Report featured columnist, as well as the founder of Smarkout Moment, to do a prediction panel for the NXT TakeOver Unstoppable event. He'll be joining me for the entire episode to talk Raw, NXT TakeOver, a payback review, a lot of awesome stuff. We're talking to Tony next Tuesday right here on WrestleRant Radio, right here on NextDayWrestling.net. You got a great summer ahead. Hopefully you guys enjoy the summer season as well. As I mentioned earlier, you can check me out on Twitter at WrestleRant. A lot of cool stuff set up for the summer. Hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. Thanks for joining me, folks. Have a great week, and I'll catch you right here on WrestleRant Radio next Tuesday. Catch you down the road, folks. Bye.